0: It is 11.05, just in time to get started with the Dr. Payne show. The phone line's uh, ready to go here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll get to your calls here in a few minutes. Pinpoint Health. That's
1: what you're doing. Pinpoint Health, yeah. It's ramping up, pal. I've seen the uh, signs on the building. Yeah, it's changing. Everything's but after Labor Day. Yeah. This is the Pinpoint Health show. It all changes. Uh, But, yeah, you know, creating one brand, a consistent brand, um, so that people know where they're going, they can feel safe about yep. where, where they're going. Um, the clinics that we're acquiring, just incredible people that we're we're adding to the team, um, which is very, very exciting because we already had an incredible team and we just keep adding more and more people that just have so much experience, so much um compassion to want to help people and do it the right way. Um, and so I'm I'm very, very excited about what's happening. Uh uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm just really, I'm, I, I think it's great for people to know where, where they can go. And yep. I mean, I, I say it on the show live. I say it when I see a person, I can't, I would never force anybody to just come to one of my locations. You can go wherever you want for your care. Just make sure you're going for the right care. That's all. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I had, I had a gentleman, um, this week and, uh, knee pain, long standing, 20 year history, um, Nothing really mechanically wrong in terms of ACL, PCL, MCL, LCL, meniscus, like from a true ligament meniscus perspective, which are the bad things, which I may actually have a meniscal tear right now. um, Everything was fine and was very much a functional issue, like a patella femoral where it's a tracking issue with the patella because one side is weak, one side um, is not strong enough. And 20-year history, and I sort of went through, okay, well, what have you done? Oh, you know, I've gone for physio. Okay, well, how many sessions of physio have you done? Uh, Five or six. Okay, and what were they doing? They were focusing really on rehabilitation, all the right care, right? And I basically stopped them and I said, we can stop right now. You just have to go back to where you were going because they were giving you the right care. You need to continue with it. Yeah. Like, five five sessions is not enough. Like, when you're dealing with a 20-year history of something... That's nothing. Yeah, and I basically said, like, why did you stop? Oh, I, I just didn't think it was doing anything. Well, you're not even giving it a fair shot. You have to give these things a fair shot. Now, it may be the fault of the practitioner. Like, this is where... When you're reporting your findings to a patient, it's very important to go through all of these things, the expectations for care, what you're looking at. I always make sure to tell people, like if I'm recommending them to do uh, three weeks of care, for example, um, what the realistic expectations are after three weeks and a lot of the times when you're dealing with certain injuries after three weeks all you're looking to do is see that the person's not getting worse yeah right and and our things maybe slightly better five ten percent but if you can have that discussion and you can make someone understand that from the beginning then they don't get to that point and feel like it's not doing anything right and so I think it's really important and actually I had another person that had a severe disc Uh, issue in their low back same thing had done five or six sessions this happened in April Uh, wasn't really getting better or or at least and this was funny because he thought he wasn't getting better and he explained that when this first happened he could barely stand straight he had extreme pain going down his leg and when I saw him in my office his straight leg raise which is a way of checking for nerve tension was absolutely normal his posture was perfectly straight I said well I mean I didn't see you on day one but based on what you're describing of yourself in April and the way I see you today, you're definitely you're better. Yeah. He's like, well, I am better. I was like, but you just said you weren't any better, right? Like people often don't realize these things. Um, and, and and same thing. And I was like, well, how much therapy have you done for this? Oh, you know, about five or six sessions. Same thing. And I was like, but Why? Oh, same thing. I didn't feel like it was doing much. Well, clearly it did something. You're not you're not bent over in an antalgic posture and you don't have excruciating nerve pain going down your legs. So yeah. it was working. Keep it up, son. Yeah, you got to keep it up. And so same thing. When I hear that people are going to places the care is right, I just encourage them to keep going there. I'm I'm not there to try to take patience from anyone. My my our, our goal, I should say our goal, is really to make sure that people get the care that they need. I always make sure to make people understand what you're looking for in a clinic, right? If you're going to go somewhere, make sure, look for red flags. If it feels iffy to you, you should stop. Um, but if you're looking for a place where you can feel safe, that has accountability, Pinpoint Health is your place for sure.
0: We'll, uh, we'll take a short break. First one and uh, get the phone lines. They are open now for you. You have uh, pain concerns, health concerns about yourself or possibly calling for someone else. Do so. No problem. 416 870 star 640 on cell. Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio. eleven 12, Dr. Pain Show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. I heard something about you and a knee problem.
1: Oh, you? man. Oh, come Jeez. on. I've had knee problems throughout my life. Uh, I used to be incredibly active when I was younger, uh, running a lot, probably like seven, eight kilometers a day. And I've had a lot of patella issues, which are the tracking problem, um, which is a you know, this low level ache when you're doing things. Uh, but a few weeks ago, I've been uh, myself getting back into shape. I have a trainer that actually trains our patients and in home care is amazing Sam. Um, and he's actually been training me, getting me back into nice. to doing everything. And so I've been running, I've been training and we were doing a reverse lunge. And, and as I did it, I felt something right away in my knee, like very specific and, and, and sharp. And it's funny because these are all the questions that I ask when I'm going through a problem, but it's right. not until you experience it that you're like, wow, I truly understand. Yeah. And and I'm I'm fairly confident, and, and I've even had the knee surgeons that I work with look at it, and they are fairly confident I'm going to go for an MRI uh, when I get back from my vacation just to confirm. But it's likely a meniscus tear. Okay. And I can tell you something now about experiencing meniscus tears. It, if you're just normal, you're not doing much. It actually doesn't bother you. Like I'm not sitting here right now and in, in pain. Okay. But there's these finite little movements that will happen where the excruciating pain. Just making yelp. Oh my god! Like it's crazy. Like and it, and it really has to do with full extension. Like. You know, I was actually able to run uh, several times, no problem whatsoever. Like, when I say that I'm running, like, a light, pathetic jog, right? Like, I'm not I'm not a marathon runner, but...
0: It's like Sebastian Maniscalco yeah. says, it's like the valet run, yes, going to get yeah. your car. Yeah, yeah right? so that's
1: what I... And I could do that, no problem. But uh, last Sunday, uh, my wife and I and our baby, like, in the we went for a walk. And yep. where we live, there's a lot of hills. I know. And by the time I got back, I literally, the last maybe half a kilometer, I, I had to stop every three steps because it was my knee swelled. Wow. It was crazy and I realized because then I start like breaking this stuff down in my head thinking like well why is running fine and why is why is that worse and it actually has to do because most meniscus tears happen towards the front of the knee right which again the meniscus is the piece of cartilage within the knee okay. so when you're actually doing that Pathetic light jog. You're actually mostly in flexion, right? Think about a light jog. You're actually never really truly extending right. fully, so you don't actually aggravate that front of the knee, or the, and if that's where the tear is. But with a walk, especially uphill and downhill, you actually have to fully extend. And every time you're fully extending with that extension, you're putting pressure on that. That's what hits you. And wow, like I, and like even now, certain movements that I'm doing, like if you're going up from, you know. Um, from the ground and you're going up straight to to get into full straight stance, man, crazy. And so I have a new appreciation. Like I mean, I've, I've identified thousands of meniscus tears in patients, but I have a new appreciation for what everyone's gone through with these because it's it's crazy the the excruciating pain that it can cause. So we're not hitting the gym and doing leg extensions after this not leg <laughs> extensions but actually funny enough I've still been able to do the functional stuff that I've been doing I just really it's it's more the low level stuff like the walking like I'm right. saying with that it's just killing me but when I'm actually active and doing stuff because I can control how much um Flection extension I'm, in- I'm extension, putting yeah. into it I'm actually that that's the problem it seems to be walking is the worst thing mm. and 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 stairs
0: 416 870 star 640 on cell is the number. Get some, uh, get some questions happening. Ross, thanks for hanging on. Good morning.
2: Uh, I spoke to, with Dr. Liu a couple of weeks ago. My wife's having a knee replacement. Yep. Uh, a week from Monday, we talked about bike riding. My simple question would be, is the length of the time more important than increasing the pressure on the wheel?
1: Yeah. So, so cycling. When we talk about cycling, I don't often recommend like like outside cycling for knee no, issues. No. It would be a stationary, stationary cycle. That's what it is. And yep. yes, it's more about it. This isn't. This is not a spinning class. It's not about the resistance. It the, okay. it should be a light pace with very little resistance. And it's more about yeah the time. If you can increase the time, that is that is better.
2: Good enough. Yep. Even after the operation, same story.
1: Yeah, and, and, and remember, yeah. after the operation, you're going to have to sort of go back to square one, right? Like start again, reduce right. the amount of time. You know, I don't know what the time okay. was, but let's say it was half an hour you've gotten up to. Don't yep. start with half an hour when after the surgery. Go back to sort of the beginning and maybe start with 10 minutes. See how that feels. Do that for a few days. Feels okay. Move it up to 15 minutes. Do that for a few days. It's very important that, that the, gr- the grading component of the rehabilitation. Good answer. Okay. Thanks, sir. No problem. Okay. Good luck. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks Bye. for being on top of it, Rossi. That's what it takes. It's great, it. right? And that yeah. that's it. Just simple <laughs> advice. Now, I do recommend that there should be a physio component that happens, right? Like you need to build strength in those things, but cycling is definitely part of the overall rehabilitation program. Is that because it takes certain pressures off the body, cycling, or, or, yeah. or a
0: set of pedals by, by yeah, a chair? Yeah, 100%.
1: Really, if you have right? knee issues, yeah. cycling should be your, your friend. Like, even when I saw Rob Gordon, Dr. Gordon, who's been on the show several times about my knee, yep. he basically told me, he's like, just only cycle, don't run. And it's like, same thing. You're like, ah, oh, you Man. know, like you don't like hearing yeah. it, but it is what it is. And and if you do the right things, you'll manage it well. And if you do some dumb things like I've done in the last few days, you're going to aggravate it. Yeah. You're going to yelp. Madonna, yep. hello there. Good morning. Oh uh, Hi. Hi. What's
0: going on okay, here?
3: A... I'm good. So I have a question about... Um... I guess it's my knee. The pain pain is around the knee anyway, but it doesn't feel like it's right on the, like in the kneecap, if you want to say.
1: Sure. Okay.
3: But anyway, it happens like if I'm on the treadmill and I'm running for about half an hour to 40 minutes. Yeah. And then it happens every time. I have to stop. The pain gets excruciating and I just, and I have to go sit. Okay. Doesn't happen with the other leg at all.
1: And what have you done done about this so far?
3: What have I done about it? Yep. Well, I'm He's... not going to a regular doctor because uh, no, I haven't done anything. I, I go and sit after <laughs> I, I want you I to finish
1: stretch. that sentence. Why are you not going to a regular doctor? Because why? I'm, now I'm curious.
3: Oh, they might just give you some pain meds.
1: Okay. That, okay. That's a, that's a fair answer. And and yeah. But have you seen, like, you can go to a physiotherapist, a chiropractor. Have you seen anybody about it?
3: Uh, you know what? It just requires x rays and more appointments. I just wanted to see if you could give me just a snapshot of no what it could so be. so
1: I think that's the wrong approach for sure. Um, I think mm-hmm. when you when you have these things, like I mean it's a repetitive injury that keeps happening every time you're running, and yep. so if you don't get it looked at, then you can expect that that will continue to happen and if you keep aggravating it, it will likely get worse and could potentially develop into something more serious, right in terms of tears mm-hmm. and things like that. Now, I don't know there there may already be a tear in there, but this idea of being afraid and it like really the first component of of healthcare is, is getting a diagnosis. Right. And so everyone often assumes that, that it's immediate treatment. It's like, when I say go see somebody, it's not so much about like the treatment right away, but what is the diagnosis? And the diagnosis will tell you what the potential intervention is. So for example, with what I got going on with my knee, I don't want to have surgery, but if I have a tear in there, that's going to cause me to lock up and not have to do things. I'm going to go for surgery. You know, that, that's just the reality of it. And, and th- but what's more important is I'm not jumping to the idea of surgery. What's more important to me is the confirmation that it is either a meniscus or not a meniscus. If it's not a meniscus issue and it's something more functional, then I'll deal with that from a rehab perspective. But right. the diagnosis is an important component. And when I say go see somebody, at the very least, go get the diagnosis.
4: So
3: an x-ray on the... uh...
1: Not necessarily, no. So imaging is not... A diagnosis is something that a professional comes to using all tools, the history that they take with you, the physical exam, and any additional tests if required. Imaging does not give you a diagnosis. It gives you a clinical impression, but it has to be uh, correlated with what's going on with the patient. So you have to see somebody, number one, who understands the knee. They need to go through a history with you. Then they need to do a good physical exam. When we've had Dr. Bergav and Dr. Gordon, who are both knee surgeons, they've often said that the best thing is a good physical exam of the knee. And oftentimes the imaging is just Uh really to confirm what's going on.
3: Oh, so what doctor would I get a referral from first? You can like come
1: see me if you like, and we'll and I'll get you that diagnosis.
3: Well, I'm in the Barrie area, and I don't okay. drive. So if I were to just stay around here, like who would I see? A chiropractor?
1: Again, it's very hard for me to make a general recommendation because I can't recommend anyone specific up there that I can think of. It, it's really about, you know, doing your own research um, and, and yeah. seeing who you think you can find to have a look at it.
3: So you you can't say what it could be.
1: No, you I have no, it it no idea. Sign, yeah, I, I, I have oh, no really?
3: idea. So have you heard of it though?
1: Have I heard of knee pain? Yes.
3: Well, it's not like a knee pain. Like I have no knee pain right now. It's only if I get on the treadmill for yeah. like forty minutes, and yeah. then I just gotta yeah. go.
1: Spend. But again, that's you know that that is a s- drop of water in the history. Like y- you're asking me to give you a diagnosis on one simple thing. I-, I have to assess the knee in order to give a diagnosis.
0: Madonna, appreciate the uh, call. Plenty of time for you as well. You have uh, issues just like that. Bring them on. Get the conversation started. Four one six eight seven zero. 6400 star 640 on cell. Dr. Pain show global news radio. It is 1123. Dr. Payne show 416-870-6400 star 640 on your cell. Want to reach out? Do so. It's a good idea. Good.
1: Great idea. (laughs) Reach out anytime. Yeah. I mean, and, and, Just going back to that last call, like this fear about going to see somebody because you're afraid of an injection or medicine. Like step one is get the diagnosis. And I don't know how how, like how important that is to stress. And don't be your own diagnostician. Don't use Google. Don't talk to your friend who doesn't know anything and get their opinion on it. Like go see a professional about it. No one can force you into a treatment intervention. Right. It's not like you're going to see a surgeon and they're going to say, "Okay, well, you're doing surgery and you don't have a choice. We're going in right now. Like you don't have to do that. You can get you can get a second opinion. You can then do your own research. But at the very least, go get an opinion on the diagnosis, on what it is. And even if you want a second thought on that, what that potential diagnosis may be, that's fine. But stop thinking that the initial interaction is just about the treatment. It's about understanding what it is.
0: You know it's funny though, and we've talked about this before. Before going into uh, surgery, or for yourself for your for your knee problem, now it's it's the prehab and having yep. yourself in good shape before you go yeah, in. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I had a, uh, a friend of mine from my gym. He's a cyclist, avid cyclist. Glad and to he, hear he, you uh, have friends. Uh, well, by I got the way. one or two <laughs> that I don't have to pay for. He uh, he texts me on Wednesday night, and he says, uh, "Hey John, a little bit of little." He calls a little bit of bad news on my part over here. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, riding my bike around Kipling and and uh, Eglinton. Uh, gets nailed by a car, Ooh. Uh, two fractures in C4, hemorrhaging on the brain, two Ooh. broken fingers, a lot of scrapes and bruises at Sunnybrook in trauma. But he's only going to be there a but couple more days. Wow. And he's going to be, yeah, right? So yeah. he's okay. And then he's going to be out probably uh, with a neck brace for four to six weeks. Wow! The speed of that lets me to believe that this guy, he's 50, 55, or 56. I think Greg is, but he's in such great shape that they probably said, okay, you know what, you're going to be okay to go home in two or three days and mend
1: yeah i mean definitely if you're healthier overall and you sustain something like that your outcomes later are always better for sure i mean that's a horrible accident right like hemorrhaging c4 fracture like he he's very lucky to just to be able to be texting you and tell you that he's going to be walking out of this hospital like that that is amazing so i mean that's great to hear but i i see where you're going with it absolutely if you're the better shape that you're in and, and Better shape doesn't always just mean like you know that you have a six pack. It's just about being healthy. But if you're healthy, then anything that you sustain, you're going to do likely better with it. It's just the reality.
0: Get to uh, John here. Hey, John, thanks for hanging on. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are y'all doing? Good, sir. Excellent. How are you?
2: I'm so far so good. Last time I checked. Anyway, that's right. What do you? uh, What's? uh, What's your question? (laughs) Uh, My question is uh, this: has started about three months ago. Uh, The piriformis muscle. Yep. uh, Was touching or inflamed, I guess, and touching the sciatic nerve, and I've been doing different uh, things. I've currently uh, just finishing up with the uh, physiotherapist, okay. And I've, I've different. Some other people have told me that maybe I should try acupuncture.
1: Yep. I was
2: wondering whether your your guest there has any uh, uh, suggestions on whether acupuncture is probably a good thing for me to try.
1: Yeah. So, so assuming that it is a piriformis syndrome. Right, because I have to make that assumption. I, I get that you're telling me. But so when it's a muscular issue, putting pressure on uh, a nerve, uh, then yeah, there's a lot of different ways that could potentially release that muscle, like therapy, exercise, um, and also acupuncture. So it, it sounds like it would be a worthwhile thing to try. I I, I don't know for sure in terms of, again, I, I'm taking your word on that it is a true piriformis syndrome, but a true muscular issue w- could possibly respond to acupuncture as well. So I don't think that it's... Uh, uh, that is something that's totally you know left field or anything like that it It sounds like it could be a viable option
2: I've been trying uh, uh cold packs and exercises, and then
1: i yeah cold cold it. won't do very much if it's a true muscular issue, like again, think of a steak right like if you put it in the fridge, it tightens up and and things like that. Muscular issues will t- tend to respond better to heat and loosening things up.
2: Well the last the last suggestion uh, was given was a hot pack uh, exercise then the cold pack.
1: Yeah I'm, I'm again the the cold pack to me on on a muscle especially like I mean there's no great answers around ice and heat uh but from my perspective I really like ice for number one smaller areas of the body like hands ankles uh, wrists, like things that actually have contact, and when there's true inflammation. In general, these the the low-level aches tend to respond better to, to heat because, again, it's it's more of a muscular issue. And inflammation, like I really like ice for controlling inflammation.
2: Okay, they told me in the first part that hot uh, would uh, inflame the muscle more and I shouldn't use it, and that's why they told me about using the cold pack. Anyway,
1: uh, everyone's got their opinions, right?
2: After this length of time, I just I thought I you know I started getting a little tired of it, sort of. So, uh, well, here's
1: here's the other thing. A lot of times when you're treating something like. If you're treating a certain diagnosis and that diagnosis is not getting better, then maybe the diagnosis is wrong, right? So that, that's the other option. That's why I'm saying assuming it's a true piriformis syndrome, it might not be. Maybe it's worthwhile to get a second opinion on even what the issue might be. John, appreciate the
0: call. Uh, Heather, Sue, see you guys there as well. Hang on. We'll get to you after the break. Still plenty of time for you as well. Bring them on. You got concerns, 416 870 Sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Doctor Payne Show, Global News Radio. Dr. Payne Show, four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Heather, thank you so much for hanging on. Good morning. Good morning. What's up thank with you?
5: you? Well, it's really my mom, and um, she has swollen like Achilles tendons and a swollen knee. So of course and she has a bit of rheumatoid arthritis. So she goes off to the rheumatologist for like almost a year now. And all the rheumatologists keep saying it, it's inflammation. It's inflammation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Mom, yes, inflammation and, I mean, arthritis, which means inflammation.
1: And mm-hmm. I'm it means inflammation so, and deterioration of the joint, but okay. Right. Yeah.
5: And I'm like, Mom, and all I want to do is put her on medication, like methotrexate. And well, so last week I was with her, and I said, and she, has an, she had an MRI on the knee. And, of course, there's swelling. Of course, there's, there's no torn meniscus. Um, it's just a lot of swelling, a lot of fluid, a lot. Like, what I'm trying to say is all these doctors want to do is just put her on methotrexate. Like, they just want to say, well, take down the inflammation. And I'm a dancer, and I know I've had knee injuries, ankle injuries. I said, I said, Mom, I want to know how you got that. I want to get to the bottom of it. So I made her an appointment with my orthopedic surgeon. After he saw the MRI, he said, sure, I'll see her. I made her an appointment with a foot specialist in the city. He said, they said, did you do a Doppler test? I said, no, they haven't. Well, if you have swollen ankles, we want a Doppler test. So I said, Mom, you go to your doctor, your family doctor, and demand a Doppler test. What I'm trying to say is, I'm doing all this work. Am I on the right path so that I can get to the bottom of why there's inflammation. Not just say, take methotrexate.
1: Yeah. So oh. so yes. this is this is where and I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. Yes. This is where a little knowledge is sometimes a dangerous thing. So to say So one of the big important things here is that she has rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease which causes your body's immune system to attack its own joints. In that attack, it causes inflammation and breakdown of that joint. That is why she has inflammation. The reason why they're recommending things like methotrexate is because those are the drugs or and the and the pharmaceutical products that are used to stop the the autoimmune component right there's like when it comes to autoimmune diseases this is very different this is where medications and those things are very very important all the therapy in the world isn't going to suppress her immune system right and 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 that is the component that's very important and and so when you say like all they want to do is blah 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 well it's not all they want to do it's the best option for that right so so you trying to figure out like now if you want to figure out why she has an autoimmune disease good luck you'll never understand that because we don't understand it in healthcare why some people get certain autoimmune diseases and other people don't a lot of it has to do with genetics Um, a lot of it has to do with different things that happen in your life but you'll never understand that what's important and I often tell people this is accept it you have it it is what it is if they've confirmed you have rheumatoid arthritis then what you need to know is that those joints are going to inflame and those joints are going to deteriorate. And that process doesn't stop. However, those medications and I've seen tons of people yeah. who were recommended to take these immunosuppressants and yeah. opted not to. And when your joints deteriorate enough, they then they'll start to shift. They'll change shape. And those people now have deformities because they thought that, you know, I always say you don't know what the future possibilities are. And us, the professionals, we've seen this stuff. We've seen it at the beginning. We've seen it at the middle. And we've seen it at the end stage when people don't do the things that are recommending. Now, I think oh. the bigger problem here is no yeah. one's taken the time to explain this to you guys and that's a systemic problem within the whole industry which is why i do what i do but in the little bit that i'm explaining to you i don't think that they're wrong in their approach i just don't think they've made it clear to you why that's the right approach
5: i understand okay now okay no
0: problem no problem
5: thank you thank
0: you appreciate it we'll move on to uh to sue sue thanks for hanging on good morning
2: Good morning. Um, I have a question. My sure. husband has plantar fasciitis, and he does the whole golf uh, ball under his foot. And um, he has the insoles in his feet. The um,
1: yeah orthotics. Orthotics. Yeah.
2: Um, however, since like December, it's been a constant. Every day, it's been there, and he wakes up in the morning, excruciating pain, and it's there all day. Now he does for for a career. He's on his legs all day yeah um, but i don't know if there's anything else besides the orthotics and the golf ball that can help in assisting him
1: yeah so orthotics is your husband flat-footed yes okay yeah so i mean the orthotics i guess they're trying to hold a bit of an arch in there to keep the arch there i, I mean this like i think it requires therapy in all honesty when you have these types of things the other thing is You know, if there's an area of injury to the body, if I hurt my elbow, for example, I would likely stop bending my, repeatedly stop bending my elbow, which would allow it to heal. The problem with foot issues and plantar fasciitis is you don't really stop walking and it's compounded further. If your husband walks a lot for a living, then it's never really given a chance to rest and heal properly. Now, there are other things like shockwave therapy that could be tried, you know, it's it's hard to say. I, I'd be very happy to assess them and see what other options exist. Um, it's not like there's nothing that can be done. It's just a matter of trying to come up with the right plan. And sometimes that plan might involve like, building in periods of rest for those things. And, and that's an important thing when you're dealing with a repetitive um, injury like plantar fasciitis because that's what it is. You're constantly you know, walking, doing things It very rarely has a chance to heal properly. Okay.
2: You know, um, if he, if I wanted him to come see you, where are you located? Like, can I find that information
1: on the website? Like yeah, yeah. Website? It's, so my, I do my assessments in Etobicoke. I see you're calling from Toronto, so uh, at Etobicoke General Hospital, so uh, Highway 27 in Finch area. Um, okay. But yeah, give me a call one eight five 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 Doctor Lou, or send me an email at info at paincarecanada.com. Um, include your phone number, and somebody from my office will give you a call back to book that assessment. Okay. Thank you for awesome. much, Dr. Lou. No problem. Thanks, okay. Sue. Appreciate that.
0: Again, one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou D R L O U. Info at paincarecanada.com. Your phone call is still uh, still lots of time here. It's only eleven thirty nine. We'll carry on with the show. 416-870-6400, star six forty on sale to Doctor Pain Show till twelve o'clock.
1: Global News Radio.
0: It is eleven forty. Doctor Pain Show. You still got uh, some time? Three years we've been doing
1: this show. Yeah. Come think, on. Yeah. I'm trying to think back now. Yeah. I think it's. I'm not sure
0: you've helped a lot of people.
1: I guess so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, we we had some even some very nice um Facebook like some people said some very nice things about me. Um even about the staff that they seen for for treatment. Um and those testimonials are available like type in pinpoint health right now all the clinics are associated with that. So type it in, go read the Google reviews for yep. yourself, right? Like there there are testimonials. There's be, between all of the clinics there's got to be probably over 200, right? So Um, definitely that'll give you, uh, um, a sense of things, but I, I'm thinking back to that call we just had with the lady about the mother with rheumatoid arthritis and like, you know, I think, I think there's a big problem. And I think one of the things that people really like most about interacting with me is how much I'll explain something because a lot of the times I'm not really, I don't have any more, you know, special tests sure. than anybody else does. Like, it's not like you know, I'm I'm that much smarter than any other doctor out there. I'm I'm really not. But I think I I think I really enjoy explaining to people what's wrong and like. I don't just do it on a chart, like anyone that's come to see me. I draw a lot of stuff for people because I break it down nice. like it's very intimidating to show somebody a skeleton on like and yeah. it's like, whoa, and you know, you're trying to then you're trying to pinpoint it on this knee. Like, I'll draw the knee joint, I'll explain how arthritis happens and you know, I'll go through these things and and I think I, I think that's really what I'm doing different is really making sure that people understand. I want people to like that the way that phone call ended to say, I understand. Right. Like now I get why my train of thought may have been wrong. Right. And, and that happens a lot. And, and I think that's a form of treatment really. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But I would say that like, if you said, what is it that you're doing different than anybody else? I would say that's, that's the sort of my, my thing that makes me different from, from the average doctors. I really spend a lot of time making sure that people understand what's going on. And I, and you know, a lot of times people will come in and it's like, You know, I had another person, uh, an older couple, uh, the husband had very severe knee arthritis um, and was just told, oh, you have arthritis and you need a knee replacement. But they wanted a second opinion. I looked at it. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is bad. Like the bone was starting to deform. And I basically agreed. I said, yeah, you're at the point of a knee replacement. But I didn't just stop there. I said, here, let me show you what happens, why the bone has nice. changed. And finally, they were like, okay, okay this, we this makes perfect sense. We're going to go book a knee replacement. I didn't offer a new solution. I just gave them the reassurance that they nice. understood so they can make their decision.
0: 416 870 6400 640 on your cell. is the way to go, Jack. How are you, pal?
4: Oh, uh, hello, John. Hey, Hi, Doctor Luna. Hey. Uh, yeah. So, so what I was, uh, what I want to call about is, uh, I just heard the the uh, opinion, in, in, you know, and the question regarding the the woman's mother who was on uh, methotrexate. Yep. Yeah. I I just, uh, my mother was also put on methotrexate, mm-hmm. and uh, she developed rheumatoid arthritis uh, probably in her sort of mid seventies. Yeah. And uh, at that point. Uh, uh before that uh she was still uh, golfing sort of uh probably into early to mid 70s right and it just sort of ravaged her mm-hmm. and uh really her diet had drastically changed uh, at that point in her life yeah she uh she was basically a teetotaler she started having wine and cheeses which she stopped doing and started doing and i really think there was a, a real strong component to her diet and uh, yep. i just thought that. Uh, 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 you know, the woman's uh, mother should consider going on an elimination diet to yep. see what, what things her yeah. body is fight, fighting. Yeah, for One sure. My was put on methotrexate, uh, and that's what took her life. Uh, was methotrexate? When she finally died, it was she had a, 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 a fracture in her. he, he stumbled uh, getting out of bed. She had a spine crack in her uh, rib. And uh, basically, what happened is she couldn 't work anymore uh, her lungs wouldn 't work anymore because they went they went hard, and it was called the nurse referred to it as methotrexate lung right and so I just think well, it's yeah. a real wow. it 's a, a strong medication that can really uh, uh you know wreak havoc on your body and I just think you you, you know if you go with uh, uh, you know trying to look at the elimination and first yeah your body's because uh, uh, my daughter has uh, uh a celiac we look at the uh, elimination diet and 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 going back from there to to get her body functioning right so it's not fighting yeah. off uh, things so i just wanted to so,
1: yeah i i agree and i disagree to some extent again i think this is every case has to be looked at an individual basis right so just because yeah. it worked for you know something bad happened with your mother you know like it, it, and I get it. I get what you're saying. But that doesn't mean that methotrexate should never be the answer for anybody. Um, I definitely agree with the elimination diet. Obviously, if I saw that person in my office, I would tell her that there's more things there are. It's a compounded effect. Right. Um, right. You know, there's a lot of things there. Like we're talking. You, you mentioned your mother was in her late 70s. Like that yep. also moves towards the end of life. Anyways, right, like versus someone who might be diagnosed with some type of autoimmune disease in their 20s. I know someone who had psoriatic arthritis and needed to take it because if she didn't, she probably would have got to a certain age where she wouldn't be able to move. And now she's taking it. She's had, you know, kids. She's she's doing well. So this is where the dangerous component of. This, and, and I often say this where like people will say that, like, oh, I talked to someone and they took this or they did this and it worked horribly for them or or even on the other side where they did this and did this and it worked amazingly for them. Healthcare is individualized. We have a, a, a ton of tools at our disposal, a ton of different interventions. It's really about looking at an individual and saying, OK, what is the best combination of those things? You know, and so although I appreciate what you're saying, and that's why I say I agree and I disagree, I agree in the sense that for your mom's individual case, you're right. For the general population and, and for everyone to take that one case study and say that that should apply to everybody, that's the component that's wrong. We yeah. we can't base healthcare on just one case. We have to... That's why we, in research, we look at systematic reviews where we look at what is the effect in general, right? It's the same as when you have this this conversation around vaccinations, right? And where now there's this anti-vaxxer thing because there are individual cases, which, yeah, maybe there are. But when we look at the research... On on a grand scale, the the benefit greatly outweighs the negatives. And and this is the component where it has to be individualized. So I, I thank you for your call. And again, I agree on a lot of things that you said, but I also disagree with some of those things. Okay, then. Oh.
0: Yeah, done. It's true. I mean, it's, it's so individualized. One like, might work for you, might kill me. A hundred
1: percent. It's it, 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 it's it's so. And this is the the scary part, right? Where people listen to this sort of hearsay, like where they're listening to just somebody's, you know, aunt that did this and blah blah blah. And it's like and that, they'll
0: tell someone, it just ends up being herdman. It drives.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, it drives me crazy. It's like that's not the right way to do it. Yeah. The right way to do it is find somebody you trust to lead your healthcare. Yeah. If you can find that, then anybody that's good we'll consider all of the options that exist i definitely give all of these options another component of autoimmune things is the cognitive behavior therapy right? Like a lot of people that you talk to that have these things are incredibly stressed. And like one of the, the, there's a thing called the two hit hypothesis. When you look at genetic predisposition, the two hit hypothesis is number one, you have to have the genetic predisposition for something. And number two, you have to have something that triggers the genetic expression, which that could be stress. Stress could be physical. It could be mental. It could be social. It could be a lot of different things, right? It's like, Why do some people that smoke, now, and this is not me endorsing smoking because I actually think it's the worst thing that you can do for your health, but there are cases out there of people who have smoked their whole life and never have any lung problems and and they never have any lung problems. Why does that exist? I don't know. And again, I'm not endorsing that, but this is what I'm talking about. We wouldn't take that one case study and say, well, then, you know, everybody can should smoke. just smoke because, yeah. you know, a couple yeah. of people have survived. People so it's win totally deal, right. Yeah, it, yeah, that's not the way it works. And yeah. and I get people, you know, you focus in on your own realities and your own world, but in healthcare it's bigger than that. We gotta look at the grand scale and in general, what is the right approach? And then taking that general knowledge and, and applying it to an individual in an individualized Tailoring way. It. That's what we do at Pinpoint Health. 416-870-6400,
0: star 640 on sale. you still got a few minutes to call in, ask your questions. Get the ball rolling here with Dr. Payne. Dr. Payne show on Global News Radio. 11.51, a few minutes to go here. And a reminder, it's already up on social and live in large, Pinpoint Health. You want to check it out on Facebook or, uh, or Instagram as well. Some good stuff in there. You always put videos up on Tuesdays, a lot of explanation, a lot of good stuff. Oh. Thanks, John. And you gotta learn how to turn on your own mic, you adult. It's
1: I'm spoiled. I've had it done. You're for totally me. spoiled. It's, it's all about you know. If you spoil somebody, it's not just the person's fault who's being spoiled. It's the spoilee as well because <laughs> or, because you know I'm I'm not in the habit of using my own mic. Here we go. Let's but put this over here. John just was talking so much. I thought I didn't know when Jody he was just stop. got blamed. I didn't know when. I'm he not gonna blaming stop. Jody. I, I, I actually enjoy Jody a lot. You you might be the bigger problem here, John. <laughs> Hi, Carol. Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
6: this is um State. I've been meaning to call you for a while great okay. I, I woke up to you this morning That's after scary. a really rough <laughs> night but, um, so what's
1: uh, what's uh, I don't what's mean concern? to laugh at the rough night I'm laughing at what John said uh, uh, yeah. yeah he's just the com- natural comedian over here
6: gotcha um P-M-R
1: P-M-R okay Poly- polymyalgia rheumatica is that what yep. you're referring yeah okay
6: yes um I've been diagnosed yep um Last October, yep. but not an awful lot has happened, and I don't really have a much better explanation than, oh, it's the front of your body, it's um, an, an immune disease, it's. but what, and I, it matters, I'm 78, mm-hmm. um, I still don't know an awful lot about it, and it hit me out of the blue, and if you say those initials to a lot of people, they say, what?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not. So it's an autoimmune disease as well. Uh, Poly. So if we break down the word "poly," meaning multiple, myalgia, meaning muscle pain, rheumatica. So you know, rheumatic muscle muscle pain in different areas. Oftentimes, uh, people have this in the upper back, the shoulder areas, and then in the lower back, buttock region. Um, And again, this is something you know. This is where when we're looking at autoimmune diseases, it's about you know. Controlling it with the biomedical, biochemical interventions such as the medications, the proper combination of exercises, proper eating, uh, to, like, like the previous gentleman was saying about elimination diets, and making sure that you're doing other things like they're limiting alcohol, no smoking of cigarettes, these types of things. Are those, like, you know, t- if you tell me a little bit about yourself, I can sort of tell you whether you're on the right track or the wrong track, I guess. I don't smoke. Okay, good.
6: I don't drink. Good. I might have the occasional glass of white wine. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, um, I have, uh, from the age of, oh, maybe even 18 on, had osteoarthritis. Right, okay. Um, but never went the next step. and I'm uh, very glad that I didn't have rheumatoid arthritis, always.
1: But well, I, osteoarthritis doesn't always lead to rheumatoid arthritis, no, right? I, I
6: understand yeah. that. Yeah. Um, in this case... Um, that word's getting tossed around the bed. What's that? Rheumatoid arthritis.
1: Okay. But uh, they I thought they diagnosed you with polymyalgia rheumatica. Yes. Okay.
6: Um, but the rheumatoid, it's the, the doctor is forever going back to one joint or one thing or another and resealing it. And saying,
1: so I think, so, but here's the important thing about this. Like, and this is where sometimes getting hooked on, like, what the speci- like, at the end of the day, what's important here is it seems like it's autoimmune right so so if you treat it like an autoimmune disease which again is the whether it's rheumatoid arthritis or polymyalgia rheumatica or some other autoimmune disease what's what's important here is that you likely have widespread pain in your body due to inflammation due to uh, your immune system attacking those joints so again if you treat it from the aspect of the biochemical interventions the exercise the proper eating the mental health component around that is very important if there's high stress anxiety or depression then I think you you can manage it. Um, you know, will you cure it? No. Uh, but that's not what this is about. It's about managing this so that you can uh, live day to day.
6: I take codeine cotton. Okay. For pain. Yeah. Um, oh, that name just escaped me. Um, there's talk of starting me on the drug for malaria. Okay. Um I am not depressed. I am. I'm upset because I had a life to live. This hit me this hard.
1: Well, you, that's that's stress, yeah. though, right? Yeah. Like that. It doesn't need to be stress. No. Doesn't just need to be depression or anxiety. Your anger is also is also stress, right? So, I mean, what? So, Carol, what are you looking for? Like, sort of for me to I give you an answer? Like, no. Yeah. Okay. A better explanation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of what is? Yeah. Well, that's what polymyalgia rheumatic is. It's, it's, it's muscle pain in multiple areas. Again, it's often diagnosed because they. So, when you, I mean, now I'd have to give you a lesson on rheumatoid disease or on autoimmune diseases, but when you look at what we call seronegative spondyl arthropathies, um, like rheumatoid factor, uh, rheumatoid arthritis has a very specific biochemical marker. A lot of the other ones don't. Uh, oftentimes with polymyalgia rheumatica, it has to do with high ESR levels, um, which is an inflammatory marker, which is, uh, I forget what it stands for, but not that that matters. Um, So that's probably the way it was diagnosed. Other things were excluded. Your ESR was very high. You have high widespread pain throughout different areas of the body. And so they're telling you that you have polymyalgia rheumatica. Yes. Yeah.
6: Except I thought I had the flu. Spent a whole month thinking I had the flu. Wow. Right. Ended up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's where it was diagnosed. Yeah. But I just, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I called you too soon after waking up. No, <laughs> I haven't got myself together here.
0: That's okay.
6: Um, I also, in reading and the things I've tried to find out, it can go away. Potentially, I that. Yeah. yeah. I'm on prednisone.
1: Yeah, a lot of uh, sometimes autoimmune diseases can just sort of, um, you know, disappear, but I don't, don't, you know, like, again, this is about proper management of it. It's, it, you know, come see me if you can, Carol, I think we can go through a lot of things. Uh, but yeah, the explanation. I mean, the the last part of the show highlights the explanation component for sure. How yeah. how important it is. Carol, reach out
0: one eight five 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 Doctor Lou again one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada dot com. Till next time, Doctor Pain Show. Appreciate all your calls. We'll do it again next weekend right here on Global News Radio.